The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, welcome to another episode of Kingdom Keys. You are back with us, represented by Arrowhead Pride. I'm Maurice Elston. You're here with me, Nate Christensen, and Price Carter. We're going to give you the keys to the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory this week. Feels good to be in the Super Bowl. So um, let's start it off. Um, as always, we want to talk about injuries and, and jump into our injury report. So, Price, what we what we looking like for as injuries this week? Well, uh, I think the bye week did a lot of good for the Chiefs here on this front. Uh, it appears that pretty much every player on the active roster is practicing. Uh, today's one of their first real practices that they're having in Arizona. Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Toney, uh, Willie Gay said that he's good to go on media night on Monday. Uh, Legereus Sneed also stated that he cleared concussion protocol. So they're looking really good on that front, except for McCole Hardman, who was placed on IR on Monday. Uh, and retroactive, they uh, added... Clyde Edwards-Alaire to the active roster. Uh, I wrote about that a little bit this week as well for Arrowhead Pride, kind of like should the Chiefs activate him for game day. Uh, That looks like that's going to be kind of a game day decision uh, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. On the Eagles front, they had a whole bunch of players that they've rested, kind of just done traditional rest, but they're extremely healthy coming into this game. I think the only person that might be questionable will be Landon Dickerson, who had a bit of an elbow injury in the NFC Championship, but he'll probably go, given the offensive lineman, they can probably just put a put a brace on it. So uh, getting a pretty healthy cast of players on both sides. One note with Dickerson, and this is just like when you watch like Eagles games, they don't rotate him, but he seems to get injured a lot during games. Because, well, like, their yeah. left guard comes in, like, all the time. So there is a chance that, like, Dickerson starts a game and then it flares up and he leaves for a while. Then, like, Andre Dillard will come in then he comes back in it. It's weird. It's bizarre. He's, like, always getting hurt in games. Yeah, and, I mean, I think that's that was part of the draft profile, right, right. too. Like, I believe he had an ACL injury at Alabama that kind of, you know, kept him from being out of that first round. But the Chiefs chose Creed Humphrey. Uh, I can't remember if the Eagles selected who came first, if he it was first. Humphrey or Dickerson. Dickerson but, you know – the injuries have always kind of been a part of Dickerson, but he's an elite he's an elite athlete, and I yeah. I, I imagine that he might step in at center once Humphrey or once uh, Kelsey retires. Not entirely sure, but uh, but yeah, so pretty healthy on both sides. We mm-hmm. definitely wish Michael Hardman was playing, but uh, you know I think he really gutted it out in the AFC Championship game, and it sounded like Andy Reid was very appreciative of what he did, and he was huge. He had a huge third down conversion in that game. They don't get that. It starts the, it kind of starts feeling a lot like the previous games with the Bengals. 
Yeah, what 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 he did for the AFC Championship game in his limited time was like actually very helpful, right? So yes, sucks that he don't get to play in the championship game. Um, we'll we'll all be on a watch this offseason to see if the AFC Championship game was his his last strike as a team as a chief. So we'll see that. I'm kind of glad both teams are healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Get to be able to get both teams best eliminates any excuse of well we would have did this and this would you know. So I, I, I like to get teams best. So let, let, let's jump right into to the keys. Nate, what, what's one of your keys for a Chiefs victory this week? So uh, I watched a lot of Eagles offense this weekend, like a lot. That's basically all I did Saturday and Sunday. Um, I, you know, was trying to look at like, okay, like what is like their offensive like identity? And it's obviously like running the football and explosive passing. So like they like to throw outside the number. They like to run the ball with Hurts. They like to run the ball with Sanders. And then their mix-up is vertical passes to Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. And that's how they get their vertical stretch. And then all the horizontal stretch comes in their run game. And I was like, okay, like they beat a bunch of really good offenses. I watched them beat the Titans and the Vi- or defenses, like the Titans and the Vikings. I mean, they're bad defense. But I watched two games, and one game in particular stood out was the Cardinals. And it was a week five game. It was irrelevant. The Cardinals had a bad season. And I think – but I think they kind of laid out like the blueprint of what to do against Jalen Hurts. So I found some numbers on this, actually. This is from Shield Kapadia at the Ringer. This is what um, Jalen Hurts is when he's blitzed versus non-blitzed. He's fourth in EPA per pass and 12th in success rate without blitzes, just a four-man rush. When you blitz him, he's 23rd and 20th. And that completely back up, backs up the film. Jalen Hurts is not good versus the blitz. I, he has no real process during the blitz at all because he's not a quarterback that likes to really throw over the middle of the field. So when they run a lot of crossing routes and stuff, when he sees pressure in his face, he's just bailing out of it. His two options are either just to throw like an outside the numbers throw to like Devontae Smith or it's screens. And in that game, they started their opening script with like six screens. It was ridiculous. And they moved up and down the field, but that was like their entire game plan after that. And eventually the Cardinals were able to kind of settle. So the Cardinals were showing a lot of bodies on the line of scrimmage. And then sometimes they'd send them all or sometimes they'd drop. But the Eagles, literally, their only answer was just throw screens to the outside over and over again. They probably threw 15 of them, 15 or 20 of them. And their offense basically devolved to the point where they like they couldn't like run like a functional passing game. I want the Chiefs to pull at Jalen Hurts this week. If you watched last week's San Francisco 49ers game, unfortunately, just because of injuries, and the Eagles' ability to run the ball. They weren't able to get to this, but the 49ers did this too. On a couple big third downs, they would put both linebackers up on the line of scrimmage once they dropped, once they sent pressure, and it worked both times. Jalen Hurst did create one pass, but it was like a very tightly contested throw, like hitting the ground. It works. Jalen Hurts, at, at this stage of his development, is not particularly good at like beating you in the middle of the field. Like When you think of Patrick Mahomes, when Patrick Mahomes gets blitzed, what's going to happen? He's going to throw a Travis Kelsey. He's going to find, or like in the past, there's Tyreek Hill, but he's going to find his easy, quick outlets, and he's going to dissect that every time. That's not what Jalen Hurts is. This is a, also a point from Gio Capadia. The Chiefs blitzed 24.7% of the time this year. That was the lowest in the Spags era. Obviously, I think some of that was young secondary, defensive line improvements. I don't care. You, this Seagulls offensive line is too good. You cannot beat them with four consistently, even with a guy as good as Chris Jones. You can beat them with the blitz. Send the pre- send pressure all the time. It's going to devolve their passing game as much as possible. 
you won't get all like the RPOs. You won't get the outside the numbers throws as much. I want them to do that. I think it could take them out of their rhythm completely. And honestly, I think the Chiefs are well like equipped to do that because of what their defensive coordinator is. So yeah, it was a meaningless game against you know the Cardinals who went like four thirteen and one or four twelve and one this year. But it informed me a lot of like this is what the Chiefs should do. This is part. There is an actual blueprint to limit the Eagles. And by God, that sounds like Steve Spagnuolo's music, right? <laughs> like this guy. He has proven time and time again that he is going to make a quarterback prove that they can handle the blitz. Uh, A game that I really remember this was was Steve Spagnuolo was uh, when the Eagles or the Cowboys were in Arrowhead last year with Dak Prescott. He blitzed every which way, every snap, and he just wasn't going to let him have a clean release ever, you know, and he's going to make you prove that you can do it. I do think that they have to be, you know, a little bit responsible with the blitz here because you mentioned this. Honestly, this passing game is a little bit like the Bengals used to be. It's kind of like vertical jump shots, a lot of kind of just 50-50 balls go up and get it, and then let's get that ground game going. The Bengals passing offense evolved from that last year to this year. But the Eagles, that's kind of where they are right now. And I love the fact that the Chiefs got Snead back in this game because he's been a great blitzer for them. And the and the Chiefs have a lot of great guys that they can bring off the blitz, right? Leo Chanel is a great athlete. Willie Gay, we saw him get a sack in the uh, in the conference championship. Nick Bolton, they've got Snead. They've even brought McDuffie and Reed on some of those. I don't think they're going to know who's coming from where. And I expect them to probably do more uh, edge blitzes rather than up the gut because of just where the offensive line strength is. Yes, Lane Johnson is great. Yes, uh, the left tackle is great as well. But I expect them to you know, put Jones. Let's line Jones up on uh, Lane Johnson, who's still kind of recovering from a groin injury that he sustained, won't be fully healthy this postseason, and you know, bring Snead on that side or whatever. I, I definitely think that that's a huge part of it. And a lot of those metrics that we're going to talk about, and it's hard not to talk resume when it comes to the Eagles. A lot of the resume that you're talking about as far as EPA as a passer and all those things, that was before the, that includes before the shoulder injury. Yes. And I don't know a single person who watches film, and I listen to quite a few film guys, not just not just Chiefs film guys, but like Nate Tice and some of the more unbiased film guys. Not a single person has looked at the film and said, you know what? Jalen Hurts looks just as good after the shoulder injury. Everyone says the shoulder injury has, has hampered him. So, I mean, yeah, I think in this game, you you dare Jalen Hurts to try to beat you against the Blitz. And you know what? A.J. Brown will probably go up and moss someone one time. But that that's what happened with Jamar Chase last week. And I personally think, even though the Bengals weren't fully healthy, they lost Tyler Boyd through there, the Chiefs just faced a better wide receiver core and a better quarterback and were able to implement a blueprint. Now, it was tight. It was a close game. But, yeah, like, make Jalen Hurts beat you against the Blitz. I think that's a great point, Nate. The health point is big because he was really bad throwing vertical passes against 49ers. He was off. Like, and one of them shouldn't have even yeah. counted, right? Like, right. Devontae Smith, if they just challenged that, that that even helps the stats a little bit more. And I, he had A.J. Brown, yeah. uh, I believe it was in the second quarter, he had him by a step or two. He walks into the end zone there. So if he can't throw those vertical passes, it's all going to be screens. And then when they're all screens, your defensive backs can fly. They will not let Jalen Hurts throw over the middle of the field, nor is he good at it. So I really think it sounds simple. You don't have to blitz every time. You can just show pressure and drop. But just by showing pressure, you kind of simplify their passing game. And I really like like they like to pass like on first down and second down and then run on third down. If you take away that element of it and then force them to pass on third down, it's it's lights out. I think we're like in a good shape. 
Yeah, and and and, and I, I agree because I mean when you look back at that Arizona game, I think that was like tied for the lowest amount of points that that they scored all mm-hmm. season. I think they only put up twenty um points against Arizona and won by three. And because of the way that they played them, it limited their running game as well. And I think Jalen Hurts was the leading rusher leading rusher that game with only like sixty something yards and Miles Sanders was coming off a big game the game before that with a hundred something like hundred and thirty something yards. So I think definitely blissing them, um, and I, I, I agree that's a, that's a huge point. And like and like Price said, I, the Bengals' receiver core to me is, is slightly better than what you and a better quarterback than what you're getting here uh, against the, against the Eagles. I, I like trimming Duffy on the outside and just and, and just manning up against Devontae Smith. I'll take that. Um, I like the size of J- of Jalen Watson on the outside and just and manning up with with, with AJ Brown and and just having some help over the top sometimes. I'm, I'm I'm definitely with. It. I think if you blitz, if you blitz them, if you take that first read away from from Hurts, then 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 it's curtains. And like Absolutely. like you said, with them with them wanting to run only on third down, their first two downs kind of pass. You make them have to pass on third down. We should the Chiefs should get off the field very 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 easily in those situations. So yeah, that definitely definitely a great point, Nate. So Price, let's jump over to you, man. What's what, what do you think is the key to a Chiefs victory this week? Well, I, you know, it, it's pretty challenging to just pick one thing, right, when it comes to a game this big. So I'm going to go a little bit bigger picture here. I think one of the biggest advantages that the Chiefs have heading into this game is that this is, for some guys, their third Super Bowl, and for quite a few guys, their second, or even, you know, they've got experience in that. I think that coming out and controlling the script to begin this game is absolutely crucial. Um, just pulling up some numbers here. The Eagles have had a script all year that they want to follow, and they've been tremendous at executing it, right? The Eagles are arguably one of the greatest second – well, they are the greatest second quarter team of all time in NFL history. They have scored – they have a 116-point differential in points in the second quarter from their opponents. They're plus five in the first quarter. They're plus 26 in the third quarter, negative 14 in the fourth quarter. What that tells me is the Chiefs need to get out to a lead, right? The Eagles are tremendous at controlling the script and running the ball. Uh, Nick Sirianni is a great coach. He goes for the right fourth downs. He knows what buttons to push. If the Chiefs get the ball, they need to go down and score, and preferably seven. You hope in this game that, you know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have those early Super Bowl jitters. He definitively had those in 2019. I remember going back and watching that game. You watch him. There are definitely some early nerves. The Chiefs have the advantage here offensively, I think, to the defense. I understand that there's a lot of great players on that defense and the pass rush. But one thing that I found really interesting, in 2021, whenever uh, the Eagles and the Chiefs played, I know that those were two very different teams. It was Patrick Mahomes' fastest time to throw in any game. Under two and a half seconds was his average time to throw. When he throws the ball in two and a half seconds or less, he completes 75% of his passes and 78.2 in 2022. So, like, he get, if he's dropping back and hitting that back foot and getting the ball out, he's going to be getting the ball out really quickly and completing a lot of passes and carving up that defense. And, you know, I think that mitigates the pass rush as well. Another thing about this is that when you look at what the Eagles have done historically this year, a lot of it is built upon getting that early lead, getting the ball, you know, making that run and pass a threat. I personally think 
if we're looking at the path of this game and how it goes, there are very few scenarios that the Eagles are able to come back from a big deficit because that's not the way that they want to play, especially if Jalen Hurts is injured. I don't think that they're going to totally abandon the run, but if the Chiefs get up 10-0 and it's the first quarter or the second quarter, I think that they start to feel the pressure a little bit, especially with Hurts um, and his inability to throw the ball. You know, And I think additionally, when, it, when you're looking at how the Eagles have moved the ball historically, they're always looking to stretch the field with those vertical routes. That You start putting the ball in harm's way, that gives the Chiefs a tremendous opportunity for turnovers as well. Um, I, I, you know, I think that the Chiefs, they've got to come out, they've got to start hot, they've got to control that script. And then more than anything, like my greatest fear is that we're talking about going into halftime and it's like 17-10 Eagles or something like that. You know, my, probably, probably my greatest fear in watching this game is if the Eagles come out, they, you know, they get the ball first, they go right down the field passing the ball, and they're not even working on the run, and they're just, you know, cutting them up in the pass game. That can get pretty scary quick because, yes, the Chiefs can go down and score and make it 7-7, but the Eagles, are if they're moving the ball that effectively in the pass game, it's going to be a little rough. So I, I think the Chiefs got to control the game script here. The Chiefs have the far better second half stats, third quarter and fourth quarter as far as points. Patrick Mahomes, there's a reason why, you know, great quarterbacks lead the stat of fourth quarter comebacks, all those type of things. If they can keep this close or even have the lead at halftime, I feel much better about the Chiefs in the third and fourth quarter because, quite frankly, the Eagles haven't had to play the fourth quarter since, like, December or maybe even November. They are a team that just gets up big and then just grounds and pounds the ball. And to their credit, they do it well, probably about as as good as any team ever has in the NFL. But also, when you look at the resume and the level of competition that they have faced, it it is enough to where we have to talk about it. Cooper Rush, Kenny Pickett, Davis Mills, Taylor Heineke, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, who scored 33 points on them, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, Dak Prescott, 34 points on them, Andy Dalton, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, and Josh Johnson. At some point, we have to talk about this, man. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're bad because they've been dominant for much of the year. But when you factor in, you know, well, look, they're the greatest sack te- They're, you know, might be one of the greatest sack teams in the NFL. At some point, we've got to talk about where those numbers were accumulated. And whenever you consider some of their best wins are against the Vikings and against the Cowboys, You've got to talk about that a little bit. Chiefs are the more battle-tested team. They've got to come out, control this script right away, take control of this game, and not let them play their type of football. So, quick story. It, this I thought about this earlier this week, but this game kind of reminds me of the 2018 Super Bowl between the Rams and the Patriots. Now, the Chiefs are in a different like timeline than what the Patriots were. The Patriots are right at the end of like their dynasty there. But it reminds me of that because, like, the Rams were this, like, very, very loaded roster that built, like, around their rookie quarterback. Didn't really face a ton of adversity that season. Young, you know, young head coach, offensive coach. That's kind of like this revolutionary Sean McVay. That kind of sounds a lot like the Eagles. And the reason why I bring it up is that Sean McVay talked about after that Super Bowl that he overprepared for the Super Bowl. He didn't, he didn't know what to expect in terms of, like, how to prepare for a Super Bowl. So he overprepared and that kind of left like that just he wasn't like he just wasn't ready for the moment. He wasn't ready to be able to like just how to handle like Super Bowl preparation. It's so different. That's the Chiefs biggest advantage here. This is Andy Reid's fourth Super Bowl. as even include when he was in, I believe, two of them with the Packers as like their offensive co- like quarterback coach. So he has a ton of experience in the Super Bowl. And for the Eagles, 
they this is a staff that's very very young they they don't have a lot of experience this is steve spagnuolo's like fifth super bowl this is eric Bandami's third super bowl the chiefs need to like leverage that to their advantage i like i'll i'll kind of dive into the prediction later but like the chiefs need to kind of handle this kind of like what the patriots were like because they have so much experience in this game i do kind of wonder if that'll be a thing for the eagles the eagles have been so well prepared all season but this is a different environment and I do wonder with that extra time and such a young roster and a young coaching staff, I wonder how that manifests in this game. To boot a little bit, we talk about their game script and everything, right? Everyone who's and awes over the offensive line of the Eagles. It's a great offensive line, make no doubt about it. Which, by the way, the offensive line talent in this game is insane. Like, when you factor in the, the dogs that the Chiefs have, too, like, this is there's a big boys bowl, baby. But the ESPN does their pass, pass block win rate. The Chiefs are the number one pass block win rate team in the NFL at 75% because they drop back down to pass in times that you expect it and they still win at those rates. That's why, you know, you see that meme of like, look, wake up, babe, a new Patrick Mahomes chart with him in the top, right? Like, because anytime that they're expected to pass third and long, they're the best team at it. The Eagles are the anti that. They they want to have their offensive linemen be able to think, run, and pass and be able to keep opponents off balance. Eagles are let's see here, 12th in the league and pass block win rate at 62%. So the thought that the Chiefs are just going to be hapless and not be able to get any pressure on Hurts between the blitzing that Nate brought up, and if and again, if you can get them to be where they need to be in pass-happy situations, if they're in second and long, third and long, where the run is no longer an option or they're down 10, I, I see that as another win and it's just going to help the pass rush even more. Yeah, and I, and I, and I definitely agree with, with, with you and Nate. Yeah, I think if you come out and, and you control the narrative and, and you jump out on, on the Eagles, that, that is the best case scenario. Of course, that's the best case scenario any game, but I think in this game, more more than other games, jumping out and, and forcing them into that one-dimensional type of game is to the best of the Chiefs' advantage. I mean, and, and I'm glad you brought it up because people have tried to avoid this. Yeah, you can only play who's on your schedule, right? That, that's your job, and they did. They played the schedule they was given, but that doesn't take away from the fact that their strength of schedule and definitely their strength of quarterbacks that they face has been a little weaker um, compared to, you know, the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are a little bit more battle-tested than what the Eagles have been been this year. And I think it comes down. I mean, because, like you said, some of the greatest quarterback they probably face here was a down a down year from Aaron Rodgers, and he put up 33. <laughs> Even Jordan Love came in that game and, and, and drove the ball down. So I, 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 I agree with you there. I really, I really feel like if the Chiefs come out, go up, and, and, and keep their foot on the pedal, put some pressure on on that young coaching staff of the Eagles. I think even the coaching staff will begin to make some mistakes and go for it probably when they – because you've seen it all year against against the Chiefs. Teams that end up going for it when they probably shouldn't just because they feel the pressure that we got to do something right here, right now, early on in this game, or this game might get away from us. And you, you see veteran coaches do it against the Chiefs where they feel extra pressure to, to get that first down Instead of trusting putting their defense back on the field, I, and I think the Eagles will make that same mistake and give the Chiefs an extra opportunity to to to, to increase that score up. For me, I mean, I think mine kind of ties into definitely, uh, you know, Nate's, yours, and and Price, because for me, just controlling the run, I think it's no it's no doubt that the Eagles prefer to be a balanced team to keep them off guard keep teams off guard by the running pass and having that option. That's what makes their offensive line be able to do what it does because you kind of never know what's coming at you. But I really feel like 
if the Chiefs can control the run like they did in the AFC Championship, you know, I think they did a very good job of turning the Bengals off from, from running the ball with with, with Mixon and, and Piran. I think if they can do the same thing, of course you got to bring in the Jalen Hurst factor this game because he's such a dynamic running force. But again, I think the Chiefs facing somebody like a Kyler Murray early in the year or um, Lamar Jackson over the years and even Josh Allen, you know, I think if we probably compare Hurst to anybody who can, do, you know, as far as running, ability, Josh Allen would be kind of a good comparison to what, what he does with his leg. I think the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo understand how to contain a running quarterback and how and how to how, how to handle that because they've done it, right? Calamari, uh, Lamar Jackson probably a little bit more athletic and speed-wise than what you get with a Jalen Hurts. That's why I like to go probably the Josh Allen comparison. But you find out how to control those things. But if they can slow down their running game and turn the Eagles into – a one-dimensional team where they have to pass, pass, pass. I think it plays right into the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs being able to, to take this victory home. So a few quick stats uh, about the running game. Uh, this is from Nate Tice at The Athletic. They have the fifth highest success rate running the ball of all time. Number one and number two were the 2003 and 2004 Chiefs. I'm sure Chiefs fans will remember those offensive lines. Miles Sanders, uh, fourth and 10-plus yard rushes at 34. Jalen Hurts was tied at like 15th with 26. First downs per carry, Hurts is at 40.6%, which is fifth highest. But a lot of those are QB sneaks, like just for some context. Like it's not all just like him running. Miles Sanders has the seventh most rushing yards on first downs. Jalen Hurts is 18 for 22 on third and short. Miles Sanders is 10 for 15. That's like both in the top 15 in the NFL. Here's the basic thing. Their running game is amazing. Like you're not going to you're not gonna, you know, hold them to 30 carries or 91 yards. They're very good at running the football. Right. Um, I said this to Price last week. It's about situational. You don't have to stop them 30 carries. You need to stop them four or five carries. That big third and three, if you get a TFL there and it's now fourth and four, that's a huge difference between that and fourth and one. Because now they can't sneak the ball. So that's gonna affect decision making there too. That one time Chris Jones just gets in the backfield and forces second and 13, that's huge. You don't need to – my thing was – and this is also tied back to the Cardinals game. The Cardinals, like, ran a ton of run blitzes. They would bring their safeties and their linebackers right before the snap and just put them right on the line of scrimmage and just have them run, like, penetrate right into the backfield. And sometimes that failed, but – it had like it doesn't allow Jason Kelsey to get into spaces easily. It doesn't let them get into spaces easily. It makes their running back and hurts. Like, do I give the ball? Do I keep the ball? I like we know Nick Bolton, not particularly great trying to like read things. Just have him fire downhill. Just have him like run into Jason Kelsey and take him out of his path. Have Willie Gay just run. Just run like crazy. Slant your defensive line. Do different things to change the looks. And that because if you give the Eagles the same look in the same fronts, they're going to just pepper you eventually. They just have more offensive line talent. They have the numbers advantage with the quarterback. So get weird. Like, get weird with it. Like, do weird things. Make them try and figure it out on the fly. The 49ers did some of that last week. There was one drive where it was bad, and then they made adjustments, and they they were able to kind of figure it out as well. So just get weird with it. Like, it's a Super Bowl. All you have to do is stop it a few times, try a bunch of things out. If you get one good run blitz, that might end the drive. So that that's the thing. It's not about stopping them for – 3.1 yards per carry. I don't care what the Chiefs do yards per carry wise this week on defense. It's about those three or four big run stops, and I I think we'll have a chance of getting those. 
Yeah, so you were bringing up kind of how do the Chiefs do against mobile quarterbacks. This uh, year, right before the Bills game, I did kind of a big intensive breakdown of what have Chiefs done in the Steve Spagnuolo era against mobile quarterbacks. I define mobile quarterbacks as quarterbacks who have had more than 400 rush yards in a season. Uh, so not we're talking about rushing quarterbacks, not mobile. So that was uh, four Allens of Josh, four games of Josh Allen, three games of Lamar Jackson, three games of Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, and Jalen Hurts. The good news from that kind of breakdown now, uh, this is missing a game of Josh Allen, and I think Russell Wilson might have qualified. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but the good news is the Chiefs are really good at holding down running quarterbacks in the running. They average just 58.6 yards rushing per a game, which considering some of the guys that were in that list, like Kyler and Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, that's pretty successful. However, the bad news is they turn them into basically Patrick Mahomes as a thrower. Uh, a lot of these are Josh Allen numbers doing a lot of work here, but those mobile quarterbacks average 238 yards passing, three total touchdowns per game, and half an interception. That's about a passer rating of 92.3 or a QBR of 61.3. Now, with all that being said, if they are effective, you know, the Chiefs have faced a lot of the, you know, a lot of Lamar Jackson over the years, a lot of Josh Allen over the years. If what we've said about Jalen Hurts' shoulder is true and the passing, I feel pretty confident about that. The thing that they have to be careful about is more as a passer than a runner. So, I, I you know, again, it just kind of goes back to can they hold contain? This is one of those games that we might not look down and see a ton of sacks from our defensive line. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo has been great about that. The game that comes to mind for me was the divisional round against Deshaun Watson. At that time, he was still a pretty mobile quarterback, and the Chiefs didn't get a ton of sacks. Chris Jones didn't play in that game. Frank Clark had a bunch, and then the rest of the whole defensive line just kind of held contain. They, you know, they blocked those alleys. They made sure that he didn't have his escape route, and then Frank Clark just went around and chased him around in circles, and it worked. So Spag is going to be in his bag. He he knows what to do for this type of game and this type of opponent. So it's part of the reason why I'm feeling quietly confident. Yeah, and I think you kind of seen that a little bit earlier this year when we when we played that first game of the season against Arizona. Like he let the DNs just you know play a lot of containment there. They kept Kyler Murray inside the pocket, right? I think we'll we'll see a lot of that. I'm okay with forcing Jalen Hurts to pass the ball simply because I think we do okay on the outside. All year we've been a little okay on the outside. It's been the middle of the field where. You know, our, our defense is struggling in pass coverage. And that's to me that that matches up with that hurts weakness of being able to throw in the middle of the field. So along if he with that shoulder and all that, I think I think we'll be in a good spot. So probably I mean, probably if you had to pick a player that you think is going to stand out and make a difference in his name, what, what, who you think that's going to be? For me in this game, I think my player to watch is going to have to be Kadarius Tony. I think. What you go back and look at what the Chiefs have done against good pass rushers in the past, like uh, the 49ers when they faced them earlier in the year, that stretching horizontally, that making them hesitate the pass rush, he brings something to this offense that no one else has. And part of the reason why I picked it, picked him as my player to watch is not just what he does on the field, but also can he make it through the game healthy, right? We know that he had an ankle injury. The whole thing's been a little confusing. I've never really heard a true definition of what the injury was. But when he left, I mean, I was thinking Achilles, ACL, something pretty serious. And then it's just pretty definitive that he's coming back. I 
he has to be able to finish the game, right? We can't get the Sammy Watkins 10 snaps and he's out from him. He's got to be able to be effective throughout the whole game because he does bring something to the offense that they do not have, whether it be in the, you know, in the option game where they do the quick toss to him out of the backfield, whether it be the horizontal game, he's about the only, or the vertical game, he's about the only guy that they have who can go up and jump and get the ball. I felt like they were, they were really cooking with him early. You know, that, that pass to him, the Chiefs don't throw that ball. The, even though it was kind of a drop from him in the end zone, he brings an element to this offense that makes Juju and MVS and Kelsey work. And without Hardman, they're going to really need that. So he's got to be in there. He's got to be healthy and, and get through the game for sure. Mine is Jalen Watson. Um, I don't know if they're, they're going to travel luxurious Sneed or not. I know he mentioned, I believe, on media night that they don't plan on that. That could be coy. I, we'll just have to see like when the game happens. But regardless, he'll be unmatched up on either Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown. They might move him side to side. He's going to be facing those matchups. And the one thing about Jalen Hurts, when he's healthy, and we'll see if he's healthy or not, he's going to test you outside the numbers. That is where he's throwing every single time. Like, it's it's honestly, like, almost comical. Like, if it's not like an RPO, it's going outside the numbers to one of those two guys. And no team has really been able to stop it this year because those two guys are so good. But we've seen Jalen Watson be really good this postseason. We, I mean, all year, but especially this postseason. He handled T. Higgins just fine. Yes, T. Higgins had the couple great catches. That's going to happen. He's an unbelievable player. If Jalen Watson gets a few of those PBUs, maybe they're not willing to target the sideline as much. And then, like, what happens in their passing? So, if you have a big Jalen Watson day, combined with McDuffie and Snead, I think we're in very good shape. Yeah, absolutely. Mine's going to have to be, Nate, you kind of already spoke on this. Mine is Nick Bolton. Um, And I was kind of thinking along the same lines as you were thinking, like, Bag has to just send him downhill. Like, cause I, you look at the, I think last game against the Bengals was his lowest tackling numbers from all year, but he was disruptive um, in the running game. And I think that's what, like, I don't think we need to see Nick Bolton having 10 or 15 tackles because normally when we've seen him have the high tackle numbers, it's because they've been running the ball all over. So he's getting a lot of tackle, you know, five or six yards down. I want to get him downhill, like you said, Keeping, you know, keeping um, Kelsey from getting to that next level and his blocks and disrupting there. I just want to see him downhill disrupting that running game and just firing in there and, and disrupting their whole scheme because they move a lot, move a lot of, uh, you know, with a lot of motion trying to come and disrupt, you know, your direction and your read or where the run is going. Um, I think you showed something this week, Nate, that I seen on Twitter where you just show like they ran basically the same concept all the yeah. way downfield. It was like the same type of play, and I'm like. How is this happening? Like I'm like I'm like if Nate if Shirley Spag sees this too, and he's going to send a linebacker in just to blow this thing up. And I and I hope that's Nick Bolton. I think Willie Gage speed on sideline to sideline to come into a big play too. But I think if they can use Nick, Nick Bolton as a disruptor more than just sitting back letting the play come to him, I think that'd be huge. Can't can't let Kelsey get to the second level. Uh, yes. He's he's the best in the NFL still at getting to the second level. That is something that Nick Bolton has really struggled with all year. Uh, if you know, if we're mistaking Travis or if we're mistaking Nick Bolton's number for sixty-two because Kelsey is just mauling him every play, that's going to be a big problem, right? He's got to be able to get off those and be more successful in the run game than just run run blitz, right? I'll, I'll give it to him. Last week was a prove it game for him, and he proved it. He was very he was mm-hmm. much better in coverage and much better against the run and look at the results. So he, he's got to go two for two here for sure. 
Yeah, Kelsey's unbelievable. I mean, he's he, he's like 35, and he still looks like the fastest player on the football field. He's, a, like, he's an athlete, man. I don't. I think he runs a four eight. Like I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he ran like 10 years ago. I think he runs a four seven. Or I think he like could legitimately play tight end if he could catch the ball. He is oh, so yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me ask you guys this: The Chiefs lose this game. What does it look like? What does the Chiefs loss look like? For me. I, I have a hard time seeing the shootout, like the 37-34 and the 34-31. I have a hard time seeing that because I just think both defenses are too good for that, and I don't think both offenses are as good enough to do that. To me, a Chiefs loss looks like one of two ways in this game. It looks like everything that people are saying about the Eagles' defense is true. Eagles win 21, Chiefs 13 or something, right? Like the Chiefs just they can't move the ball. They shut down Kelsey. They're not afraid of MVS and Tony and Juju. They can take care of those players by bracketing them or whatever, and they just shut down Kelsey, and the Chiefs can't run the ball. And, you know, or the other way that it looks like a loss to me is – if the Chiefs defense just cannot stop the run, right? Like I'm yeah. thinking like the Steelers Chiefs divisional round from a couple of years ago where Le'Veon Bell rushed for like 140 yards where it's just a slow dying death and you just watch Miles Sanders run the ball every snap or Kenneth Gainwell or Boston Scott. Like those are the only two paths. And I, I don't see a path almost in any way for a for an Eagles blowout because I just think the Chiefs have proven how effective they are down 10 there's no scenario where the Chiefs, are, in my opinion, are getting blown out unless like Patrick Mahomes is injured or some sort of freak, you know, four or five turnovers happen. That's that's the only way I can see this playing out for the Chiefs in a loss. I think it's long drives and that the Chiefs can't pass protect, uh, like it, especially off the edges where it's just like it. You know, it's one of those things that like on the defensive line versus offensive line, it's not like the same guy losing every snap, but the what. One thing that makes the Eagles so good is that they just have one guy win every snap. It might be like Javon Hargreaves one snap. Then the next snap, it's Josh Sweat. Then the next snap, it's Fletcher Cox. Then the next snap, it's Hassan Reddick. So that's like the thing is like if the Chiefs just can't establish rhythm because of the way the Eagles are on the defensive line and like Eagles just have long drives and slow this game down, they're going to have opportunities there. That would be like the only way. Like it would be like they'd have like 38 minutes of time of possession. And then they just run these like 15 play drives over and over and over again. And they just can't stop it. And the Chiefs just have a hard time establishing rhythm because they don't have a lot of plays in the, the defensive line of the Eagles. Yeah, I'm kind of the same thing. I, I, I think time of possession is the only way the Chiefs lose this game. If they find a way to methodically just keep the move down the ball down the field by running it, keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, and the Chiefs don't establish a rhythm on offense and, and have a lot of three and outs. And, you know, you know, like that three and out back to back and like three or four drives in a row could be like a detrimental thing. If we lose it, I, you know, if the Chiefs was to lose, I, I would think it would be somewhere like a 20 to 17 type game where they're losing by three um, because we had, a, we had a drive in the fourth quarter where we didn't get it done and <laughs> something like that. So I, I, I really think that's the only way. So speaking of that, I mean, what what are you all thinking? Hey, we'll start with you. Let's say score prediction and who you think the MVP is of the game outside of Patrick Mahomes. That's the easy one. So we'll take yeah. him to the table. But anybody besides Mahomes and score prediction. So I'll be honest. If you had asked me this a week ago, I would have been a lot tighter on this. But I'm feeling a lot better right now. I actually think the Chiefs match up way better with the Eagles than I did one week ago. I made the comparison earlier to the Patriots and Rams, and I really believe that. I think we are going to see – not maybe maybe it won't be in the same way, but I think the Eagles will have. I think the inexperience in the coaching staff really matters. Like you just can't convince me that Andy Reid, 
who's now coaching in his fifth Super Bowl as head coach doesn't have an inherent advantage in this situation over Nick Sirianni, who's never coached in a Super Bowl. I think this game will be low scoring. I do expect maybe not to, if you guys remember like the Cincinnati Bengals, Tennessee playoff game last year where they had nine sacks. I don't think it'll be that extreme, but I do think the Eagles defensive line will give us problems. That's the only reason why we won't score more points. It's just because they're so productive and they're going to be really revved up in this game because like of all, you know, you're facing Patrick Mahomes, you're going to want to show out. But I think the Chiefs defense is actually much better matchup against the Eagles offense than I did a week ago. Maybe some of that's my confidence after what they did at the Cincinnati Bengals offense. I have the Chiefs winning 23-17. I had 26-17, but I kept it down to 23-17 just to make it a little bit closer. My MVP of the game will probably be like Orlando Brown because I think the Chiefs are going to help off Andrew Wiley's side a lot, but it's really hard to help off both sides. But if he's able to kind of neutralize Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat, who kind of line up on his side, I think the Chiefs will be a pass rate fine because Joe Dooney, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Smith will lose because the other guys are good, but they're not going to lose often. So if one of those tackles really steps up, then the other one can get like pass and chip out. I think we'll be able to move the ball enough. But overall, 23-17, I actually think it'll be a little bit more like wider than that. The score will just be close. Low scoring, but I actually think I feel good about where the Chiefs are at. When analyzing this game, there's one question you got to ask yourself. Do you think that the Eagles can score 28 points? Because in the Patrick Mahomes there, the, the Chiefs are 55-3 and three when holding teams to 27 points or less. I personally do not think that the Eagles are scoring more than 27 points. There is this thing going on in this game where, you know, people say, oh, it's cool. No, it's the greatest. No, it's the greatest of all time. It's the best to ever exist. We are. It is just hyperbole of how much better every position group the Eagles have to the Chiefs. Are they better in some spots? Absolutely. I don't think anyone's arguing quarterback. Everyone has acknowledged Mahomes is better than Hurts. But the offensive line, this is – we do this thing in Super Bowls where it's like, oh, no other game do you compare previous games with two different teams. But people go, oh, good pass rush against the Chiefs. Hmm. The Bucks game. Yeah, this is going to be the – this could look like the Bucks game. <laughs> Guys, I can't tell you how close the margin is with the offensive line between the Chiefs and the Eagles, especially the interior of the Chiefs. It is it is not as big as everyone is making it out to be. Yes, you know Darius Slay. You know that name. And you know James Bradbury's name. But the gap in the secondary is not what people are making it out to be. The Chiefs might have the edge and the linebacker, and the Chiefs were the second-best pass rush team in the NFL. I agree that the top-heavy wide receiver nature and with the Eagles, like, yes, they do have the advantage there, but I don't think that the gap is as big as everyone is making it out to be. To me, this game plays out like, I don't know, it just reminds me of games that I used to watch with my dad when I was a kid. And you sit there, and you're like, oh, baby, I think Jake Plummer might pull it off. I think he might be able to beat Tom Brady. And, and it seems close, and then in the end, Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does. This is a game that you were reminded that having the quarterback matters most. And, yes, I understand that Jalen Hurts was a MVP candidate, but if you take away the winning record against a soft-ass schedule, you do not have Jalen Hurts' MVP candidacy. You have a good quarterback. He put up Alex Smith-level numbers with running on a great team, and that's how he was an MVP candidate. He was solely based upon team wins. To me, this is a game that you are reminded of, like, oh, yeah, quarterback play really matters, and there was one person who's played in two Super Bowls and was the best player on the field in both games. I mean, you think back to that Super Bowl against the 49ers. What ended up being the difference in that game? Patrick Mahomes made plays when he had to, and, and Jimmy G didn't. I think Jalen Hurts is better than Jimmy G. 
but I don't think that the gap is is much different between those two players. I'm taking the Chiefs 30-21. I think the 21 might be a little bit, oh, by the way, there, like a field goal to kind of cut it down to, uh, you know, maybe the Chiefs are fielding an onside kick to, to you know, to walk off the game. 30-21, I think that it's an exciting game. I think there's some big boom plays from both teams. But ultimately, I just think the Chiefs are going to be able to make the biggest plays when they matter most. And what player are you going to go with? Oh, yeah. So if we're talking about, like, MVP odds, I'm probably going to – I would take, like, Travis Kelsey, right? I think, like, the Kelsey Bowl, I think that they want to etch his name in history. I could see him having a big game here. I think that the Eagles – you know, Andy Reid has proven he can get Travis Kelsey open in any way. Team MVP, like the player that I think that might actually have the chance to make the biggest impact, I'm going to go with Legereus Sneed. I think his Swiss Army knife ability in the game, I think he's going to be able to, you know, get his hands on some passes, maybe an interception, maybe a forced fumble, a sack. Like he's the type of player that could log like one of every important statistic, like a fumble recovery, a forced fumble, a sack, an interception, uh, big plays in the run. Like I just expect him to be everywhere in this game. And I think he, he puts the, the secondary over the top. I think the Chiefs win, of course. I'm, I'm going to go with the Chiefs win. And I think I'm going to say 28-17. I just think in the end, fourth quarter, the Chiefs just pull away. Um, I think it'll be close in the first half. I think we can maybe go into halftime 14-10, somewhere around there. And Chiefs go on 14-10. I think if they get the ball in the second half, they come right out and score. And then they just I, – I really think then they'll give a heavy dose. I think a Pacheco will have a nice, a nice game. To, to help slow down that pass rush. I think Andy Reid's going to dial up some screens to help slow down that pass rush. I, I just really feel like Andy Reid is our biggest, is the Kansas City Chiefs' biggest advantage here. Um, just his knowledge. I, we, we've seen what he's done to every number one defense that they – like we've played so many teams this year that was like, they got the number one defense right now. They got the number one defense right there. They got the number one pass rush. And Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes has always found a way to still be effective. I don't think that stops this Sunday. So I say 28-17 Chiefs. Um, if I had to pick a Super Bowl MVP, I'm going to go Kadarius Tony if health. I think if healthy, he will touch the ball a lot in the screen games, um, vertical passing games, uh, punt return. I, I just feel like he's going to leave a mark on this game and really show why he was a first round draft pick when he when he got drafted. If he if he stays healthy, that's of course that's a big hit. But if he stays healthy, I give him the Super Bowl MVP. If I just have to pick a team MVP that's going to make a huge impact, I am going to go Trent McDuffie. Kind of for the same reasons that Price went with Legereus Sneed. I think Trent McDuffie comes with that same thing. But I think he just gives you the ability to be on the side of the field and not worry that much, that he can just control his own on that side of the field. And that may open it up for Sneed to be able to do everything Sneed does and be, and be great and, and it be Sneed, but – I think I think that's it. I thought twenty eight seventeen with a Kadarius Tony raising the MVP trophy. But of course, if Kadarius Tony has a good game, it's gonna be a test in probably to Patrick Mahomes. They're gonna give it to him. But <laughs> but I will say Kadarius, right? So that's it. Any any last thoughts, y'all, before we sign off um about the Super Bowl? One last thing. I know I don't think Andy Reid has any animosity towards the Eagles, but you know he definitely wants to beat his former team. I mean, yeah, Absolutely. it's natural. He Andy is Reid going... is going to pull something out in this game oh, yeah. that we're just going to be like, oh, what the, you know, what, what is, why is Joe Tooney open on a screen pass for 75 yards? How is this possible? Like, just, just the most, yeah. he is going to do it, and you know he's, he's going to do it. And yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I think so. He wanted this. I don't think it's animosity, but yeah, of course he, I mean, this sounds obvious. Of course he wants to be his former Who team, doesn't want to beat the people I, that fire? I think there'll be an extra, like, 
level of pettiness from Andy Reid this week. I, I really do because I I, re- I genuinely believe he's not mad at the Eagles. I think it worked out for both sides at that time. He was there for a long time, but of course he's gonna. I think we'll just get we'll get one play from Andy Reid this week that's like something. I, I I don't know what it is, but there'll be something for the Eagles. I'm sure he he's he's not going to uh, go down lying. Let's just say that. <laughs> All right. I, I agree. Look forward to it, man. I think it's going to be a great game overall. And y'all let us know what y'all think. What do y'all think is going to be some keys to a victory for, for the Kansas City Chiefs this week? And we will definitely see the outcome. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride, um, at Arrowhead Price for Price, and at Nate CH for Nate, and then at Reese Nichols for me. And check us out. Follow us. Let us know what you think. And hopefully the Chiefs come home with a Super Bowl victory. Until next time, this is the Kingdom Kings.